Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast for sports and entrepreneurship collide, a CadSource production. Our guest for this episode collides sports and business at the collegiate level. It's the founder of UREFs who joins us in this episode. We talk NIL, name, image, and likeness in collegiate sports. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Brett Harrell is a marketer, creator, and founder, and he has a passion for collegiate athletics and the world around these athletes. He's a former student athlete himself playing soccer at Appalachian State University. UREPS is a self-representation and marketing platform for creators, influencers, sports organizations, and student athletes. You can learn more about Brett's company at UREPS.com. But for now, we welcome to the SE Podcast, Brett Harrell. We're talking about a pandemic right now, and you're launching new businesses. I mean, I'm loving this because this is such opportunity to go out there and reevaluate. Like I was talking to someone on our team here. It's like, wow, what an opportunity it was for the professional sports leagues to reinvent themselves, to take this as an opportunity. And some they've changed things around. You know, baseball win full DH, but they've also fallen over themselves and trying to get a season going. And hockey's realigned their divisions and changed their schedule around, which I think is really cool. You're doing the best that you can, but they really can reinvent. You can really change things around. This goes for small businesses, large businesses. Like this is it. You know, you can go remote and you can do all these things. Well, here you are, Brad, and you're coming out and you reps is there and and this is in the middle of all of this stuff. And sure enough, a lot of things are going on with college athletics as well. So when did this idea come to you to say, hey, we're going to start this and we're going to start it in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, it's funny. The pandemic has impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And it impacted me earlier. And I always wanted to start my own business. I just was always concerned that I didn't have enough experience. And then you get to a certain level and you get to certain roles and you enjoy it. And the economics make sense. So you're not wanting to step out. But it all started when I was forced to direction and I started Block Creative Agency. And I always wanted to start Block. And I did that in April. That was really the formation of it. Block Creative is my creative shop. And the foundations are strategic, creative, PR, and digital products. And I've been around in different areas, sports, agency, startup. And I saw opportunities that were often overlooked to create your own entities and to create your own opportunities through digital products or programs or whatnot. So I literally had block open for about three weeks, two weeks, when things started aligning to where the idea for UREPS came together. I'm a former college athlete. I remember a lot of the things that I had to do back then in order to play, signing your rights away. I still remember I was at Appalachian State in the old field house, which they just tore down about a year ago. I remember all of these things. And while there's a lot of benefits to the college experience, I always felt like I was missing out on things. And when you can create a digital product, because that's what Block does, but when you can create something that is going to enable people to do what you weren't able to do, because we were before internet, but I mean, just it wasn't possible then. But in order to be able to do that, I mean, that was really the impetus. I mean, that was the whole idea in a nutshell. And then I, you know, you look like one of those weirdos on TV. They play in a sci fi movie with sketches everywhere. And, you know, I'm drawing the space alien ship. But I was, I was basically laying out the app and the application on how it would be structured, the audiences it would serve, how it would function. And then I started working on it that way. So, The idea was born in late April, early May of 20. And I've been going at it for quite some time. Yeah, it's amazing too. When you start stacking these experiences, skills, you're talking about sports and App State and playing soccer, marketing, having a fascination with obviously what's going on in college athletics and what you couldn't do to what you think was possible to do. And then given a little bit of space and a little bit of time, 
And someone who's got some, I don't know what that is, like the nerve to just go for it. I always think of like leaning into something, like just lean into it. And if it doesn't go anywhere, that's okay. But you know, I'm big on right now, like, hey, if you have an idea, this is something you maybe want to spend some time with, like go create something around it. And maybe you throw it away, right? Maybe it doesn't work, but create a website, create a name, just start going into it and see where that takes you. And it might take you really far. And that's pretty awesome that because we're seeing a lot of this, we're seeing a lot of creativity, people disrupting themselves, disrupting their own businesses and saying, what can I do? What can make a difference? What's going to be the thing that I really am passionate about that I want to work on that could be a business of mine? And clearly, you must have seen something, obviously, as an athlete, but also later on, because perhaps you're watching a college football game and you're like, well, there's 100,000 people at the stadium. And let's say 10,000 of these fans are wearing this specific player's jersey. And then you realize that they're not getting anything from that. Now, no doubt, they're getting education, they're getting exposure, they're getting the opportunity to play, learn from top-of-the-class coaches and all that stuff. So there's definite positives there. But did you have these experiences where you're watching or reading the news and seeing all these different things to say, well, this is really frustrating. It's bringing back some old memories that I had when I was a college athlete. It was. And the business experience that you gain through your career, I believe in an interdisciplinary approach. I believe in learning from every exchange or every interaction as possible. And every piece that you take with you becomes really a building block of what you can bring forth. And NIL was, of course, predominating the news and has been for college athletics for the past year and a half. And then pandemic provides some opportunity as well because it provides you headspace. It provides some runway for some people if they're doing different things. But it also, it kind of emboldens you if you think about it. I mean, why not? Right now, there's no better time than any time than right now. And with NIL, with some changes professionally, and the experience that I've had in working on digital products, traditional marketing, working with NASCAR and in motorsports, working with a startup, it all came together. And the pandemic then started impacting college sports. Obviously, it was impacting what was happening to their budgets because you couldn't have people in the seats. You couldn't have the traditional run of course. But they started shuttering programs. College athletics started shuttering programs and they were pointing to the pandemic as the cause. And that's not really the cause. We know that the cause is you're looking to lighten your load, you're looking to shift CapEx, you're looking to do a lot of things. But COVID becomes a very convenient inflection point. So indeed, it was. It was an idea I had rolling around. It was an idea I had sketched out. I was putting it together. But one of the kind of get up and go moments was when they shuttered Appalachian State's soccer program. You know, that's my program. I went there. I experienced that. And when they did that and what they blamed it on and then what later came out as some ancillary things that were running parallel path for athletics, you know, part of my connection to the school died along with that program. And that adds fuel to the fire. Say it, yeah. <laughs> so it went from, hey, this is an idea to it's my idea and I'm taking it all the yeah. way. Yeah. And I can fall flat on my face, but I'm going to be able to do something that is going to push some change for some athletes today, kids, influencers, creators, club people, whatever. I'm going to be able to affect them by giving them a platform to use that they can better themselves. And that's what it became. And that's uh, still the driving point. I still have the screen grab on my desktop of the article that I found. And I still have the press release and a pile of papers here from when it, when it came down. That's not the only reason, but that surely lit the fire to get it going. Yeah. There's always this catalyst. And maybe you can't even describe it. And maybe sometimes it's not there. And a lot of times it is there. And again, there's those multiple things going on, right? It's never just that one thing. Maybe it is, but I saw that or I heard it when we had connected about UREPS. And there's something there, right? There's something deep there. And you started talking about the App State soccer program. And, and I started seeing it too in the news because I remember when college football was, this is at the beginning of the pandemic, what's going to happen? And then it launched and it got bigger as the season was about to start back in August. This is like in the summertime. If they don't play college football, are thinking, what happens? Because there's very few, maybe one, two, sometimes three revenue generating sports. Football is by far and away. If you go, we can pull the numbers, we can put a snippet here and then show notes or whatever. But it's off the charts when you look at some of these Texas, Ohio State, USC, whatever. It's 
significant. Basketball is another one, but it's not even close. And then the third one, like I saw LSU is one of the only schools that has three revenue generating sports. So the third one's baseball. And it's not an every year thing too. So all of a sudden, if you lose that, they're funding so much of these other sports. And it's not just at their own school, it's across the country. So when Alabama signs a deal to play the Citadel, well, how does the Citadel keep in their college football program in is because they get paid, I don't know what it is, a million dollars to go show up and get their butts kicked versus Alabama every year. But that keeps everybody happy (laughs) at the Alabama sports program that they have, which I mean, how many sports do they have? 15, 20, 25 sports. And so it trickles down all the way to a school like anywhere, like an App State or in Division Three, and, and on and on and on from there. So you could see it and you start seeing that different schools are cutting these programs. And like you're saying, it's this was more of like a large company saying, maybe we wanted to cut these things out, but we couldn't do it during this time. Well, now we have the excuse. Now we have the reasons. There's definite revenue issues, but we also now have the reason. It's clearly that's what you saw. This wasn't just a COVID situation. There was a lot more to this than the media or that anyone else would put out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I wrote an article about it on my LinkedIn profile, and it's called The Death of a Program. And I look at it not just from the, I'm an alumni perspective, and I played there, and that's upsetting to me. I looked at it from the business perspective, and it's very clear. You're either revenue generating or you're not. And if you're not, then your existence is incumbent on revenue, right? It's incumbent on the sport or sports, whatever they are, that's bringing it in. And it was a calculated business move. They wanted to reduce the overhead of the men's sports they played to get in line with other things. Okay, well, there's your opportunity. And then there you do it. Yeah. And feelings don't come into play here. Right. It's revenue, it's opportunity, and we have to shift those funds to other things. I don't blame them for a decision. I think they could have made other decisions. I think they could have done other things. But as I mentioned in the article, the ire or discontent of relatively a small population, even though soccer is very popular in the high country in and around Boone, you're looking at 2 3% of your population. Well, that's a calculated risk that you're willing to take from a business perspective. Right. What happens to the student athlete? Like you're not there anymore and you have that experience and you have the feeling of being a former player there. Well, there's current players there. I don't know how many players on the team, 20, 25 student athletes. Where are they going? Right, exactly. I mean, I reached out to the coach about that and he took some time and he actually landed a position at Robert Morris University, which I believe is outside of Pittsburgh, the men's program. They were able to help several of the current players transfer to other programs. Some players just They did honor their scholarship, but they ended their career. I really felt bad for the incoming freshmen. I mean, the excitement, the achievement, the hard work that you put in to get to that point, and then just having it, you know, the door slammed in your face, that's cold. That's hard to swallow there. It is. Yeah, we had early on Tom Murphy, who's a catcher when we had talked to him at the Seattle Mariners, and he played college baseball at the University of Buffalo, and he turned out to be a really good player. They shut their baseball program down. And same type of experience and like what happens. And there's a trickle down effect there too, because it's like, well, there's only so many spots for so many athletes. So, okay, you have there. So if that athlete can't go to App State and they go to a different program, well, there's some kid that wasn't able to go to that program. And so eventually you run out of spaces. And I guess you could say, well, that's the world we live in and nothing's guaranteed. And that's what we have. And so how are you going to deal with it? That's where UAPS comes in because you're creating opportunities for athletes. And you're putting the power in there. And you'd mentioned before already, NIL, name, image, likeness. Let's maybe start there. Let's just talk about what is that? What's gone on? Why are we in this position we're in with this term, this phrase, NIL? Yeah, over the past few years, there's been a variety of lawsuits or filings in and around the disparity of the players, basically the workforce versus the organization, which is the colleges and universities or the NCAA in general. And the amount of money that is being generated is just really out of proportion to what some of the athletes actually get. And I'm not saying that athletes at top programs aren't well taken care of. They get a quality education that they may or may not have had access to. They get the support there. There's all kinds of support systems to help them with their education 
or just personal things and life in general, life skills, and the experience and the training. Like you said, the ability to train under these coaches or with these staffs can really improve the possibility of them moving on to the next level. But in 2019, you're looking at over 480,000, 480,000 student athletes that played 24 collegiate sports every year. 24 sports, 480,000 athletes, roughly 1% go pro. So how does that apply to everyone else who's still helping feed this engine, right? It started with some lawsuits and some things along the way. And there's a lot of catalyst points over the past couple of years, but states, uh, Florida, California, New Mexico, I just posted an article about New Mexico. States are starting to charge ahead with their own legislation to put the power in, in the hands of the student athlete. Because who doesn't want to help younger people, college age, young adults or adults, whichever they fall in, who doesn't want to help them grow their economic opportunity? Who wants to hold them back? And the answer is no one. Everyone sees what's going on and it's like, okay, that's not acceptable anymore. So states are pushing ahead. Federal legislation has been introduced from a couple different senators and lawmakers, and they're going through different conversations. The NCAA has actually asked a high court to review a case because it's going to impact class action status. And there's a lot of things moving here. The NCAA as a league, if you will, has to have protections in order to run a league just like any major sports league would. Conversely, the workforce are unorganized college students and they're unorganized because they're amateur. So there's a balance of power. The stakeholders are at the table. How is this going to move forward? What's happening? Regardless of federal, Florida will be the first come July. They go live in July regardless of what the NCAA and the federal legislators have worked out. So it's going to move and it's going to move this fall. And if until there's federal legislation, there will be disparity of which states have it and which states don't. And you can already see that's an imbalance of opportunity, which creates an imbalance of power. And it will get ironed out. It will be a measured approach. It will be a lot of things that will be still heavily regulated and controlled by the NCAA or whatever governing body comes out of this. But change is here, change is happening, and how can we help those young college kids or soon-to-be college kids, young adults, how can we help them level up their business acumen? Because I had zero acumen at 18, (laughs) and I didn't have much acumen at 21 when I left college either. Yeah. But how can we help them level up? How can we help them along their way? And that's exactly what UREPS is. It's a self-representation and marketing platform. And you say, well, wait a minute, are we going to allow agents? Yes, they will. NIL legislation will allow agents of some kind. It will allow other things. Yes, it will. But that's really going to impact that 1%. Maybe a little bit more than, a little greater than the 1%, but it's really going to impact them. What about the 99? What about the soccer player or the women's volleyball player at a small mid-market school who has a following, who can be qualifies as a micro or nano influencer, can move the needle for local businesses, but isn't a household name, Trevor Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, Zion Williamson, pick one, but is it that? But what about them? How did we help them? And we help them by building a platform, by building something that's accessible where they live. That's going to be on their phone. And it's going to help them manage their rights, enhance their rights, market their rights, and monetize them in a guided, supported, and data-backed environment. It's data-backed for a variety of reasons because we want transparency. We also want to provide them with the documentation that's necessary for compliance. But also, as young adults, they're probably not familiar with taxes. Right, Kaz? They're not familiar with uh, federal, state, and local taxes. And we'll have all the documentation so they can prepare tax returns. Well, that goes into this whole thing of like, it's never been easier to start a business, but it's never been harder to start a business because all the things right. that you talk about, and in a way, right. they become the personal brand. They become the personal business that they're going to be running. And what does that mean? What do I even do? We well, got to fill out this form. I can't fill out this form. I don't even know where to get that form. I got to go to practice. I got to do this. I got to study. I mean, it's endless what it becomes. And, and going back a little bit on it, early on in our conversation, we talked a lot about the complaints that we had. 
the issues that you had, the bitterness perhaps that exists there. And you could stop there or you can keep going on with the complaining, but you could create a solution around it. And that's the fascinating part for me to say, man, you really saw this and you're like, here, there is an opportunity, not only for the athletes, but for a business, for a marketplace, for I can do something, I can contribute to this and I want to contribute to it. And I'm going to put all my efforts into this thing. And so I think that's really cool. And you're right to go into the States It'll be interesting because college sports is recruiting going on and there's going to be an imbalance and there's uncertainty of what that means. So if Florida, who's got obviously a lot of colleges and a lot of sports programs, they'd have the upper hand if this doesn't get passed on a federal level. And you could only imagine what's going on behind the scenes to get other states, everybody in on this, right? I think New Jersey, Pat, right? There's what, five or six states. If you said New Mexico is maybe the sixth one, perhaps, or maybe the numbers have updated since then. But where it goes from here and because it's regulated. Okay, so how do we regulate this thing? And I think when we had talked, you had described that if the football program at the University of Florida is getting this, then every student athlete at the University of Florida would have the same access to whatever is happening, whatever teaching or possibilities that exist in the NIL world, that they would all get it. So if you're on the volleyball team, you would have the same access to the information that the football team has. Is that right? Correct. Correct. With UREVs, the platform has a menu of services and you pick what you want and for how it to operate. And it's all going to be fed online because we want it to be e-commerce driven. And we want it to be e-commerce driven because it can be data-backed and data means it can have reporting, transparency, compliance, all of that. The other benefit of having a e-commerce-backed system or a digital system is we'll be able to connect to whatever system the NCAA has for compliance and regulation. And they are building one. They issued a RFP in September or October. Now, I wasn't able to locate said RFP right. until January. Yeah. But it wasn't easy to find, but I did find it. And that's exactly what they're building. But UREPS built on this platform will simply match up to their API. And API is a nice way of saying their interface and the systems will communicate. So Whatever the student athlete or the schools want to do within UREPS can be monitored, can be tracked, can be reported upon and exported directly into whatever system the NCAA constructs, as long as they build it in a way that it accepts automated uploads. And I think that would be absolutely foolish if it didn't, because it's 2021 and that's what we do yeah. with the internet things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, this isn't 1992 right. BI before internet. It's not back then. Yeah. Well, there has to be a system for it. And yeah. like you said, you've used the word data multiple times and mm. let's streamline this thing. Let's get this going. And it's getting into the point of these athletes have a platform. And yes, we could talk about, you named some before and you get the Kevin Durant said, well, that's easy for him because he can go and get any sort of deal he wants. Okay, well, it trickles down and everyone has a story. And you might be a field hockey player at a small school that very few people have heard of. That's okay. That doesn't mean you don't have a story to share. And you know, I always feel like this thing that I harp on a lot about is I think every entrepreneur should have their own content platform. What that means and what that looks like is different for everybody. And again, that's for the person that's willing. If you want to be a student athlete and that's all you want to do and you don't want to do this NIL, it doesn't matter to you, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that either. But for those that are interested and are intrigued or curious about it and they want to discover something, I believe that every entrepreneur and I believe they're an entrepreneur in personal branding should have their own content platform. What that looks like is up to them. So they have this platform, they have interests and might have nothing to do with sports. It might have to do with how they study. It might be how they balance their time. It might be in social issues or who knows what that is. But if there's ever a time to do it, like this is that time. And not to mention that could help lead to your next thing and your next thing and, and on and on and on because you're building your portfolio of what you're capable of doing and all these different things and showing your interests and your authentic self of what it is that you like to talk about. And so... I would imagine that's where an athlete who's thinking about like, these are your rights. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? It's one thing to say, okay, I am this top football player at Texas. That's a little bit different because perhaps there's local companies that want to hire you to represent their brand. But at the same time, if you're that field hockey player, like you're the soccer player at App State, fast forward, it's 2021, the soccer program still exists there. Do you have any thoughts as to perhaps what you could have done today if given this opportunity, if you lived as a college athlete in 2021? Yeah, I mean, back then, the only thing that you could really do 
was appearances, right? And you couldn't do them, but you could have done appearances, sign on or show up, sign autographs, whatever. You could have coached at summer camps and you could have done other things around those. Those are really the only two things that you could do. I mean, oddly enough, it was very limited of what the first NCAA's proposal for NIL was. It was like summer camps and appearances. And I said, hey, I was thinking that's great if it were 1992, not 2021. But if I were a player today, you already have multiple channels, like you said, whichever way you communicate or put that content out there, you already have those, right? You have social channels of some kind. You already have a platform because you're identified and connected to it. Even if you're not really connected to it, you can't promote it as Appalachian State or use their intellectual property. You can promote yourself in a way that is beneficial. If I had access to a platform like UREPS, where I can build a profile, upload my channel information so you see your followers, you know who you're dealing with and what you are. These are my interests. This is my availability. You can see all of that. If I had the opportunity to have tools to enhance that foundation, maybe I want to buy a URL. Maybe I want to get in something else. Maybe I want to do, I want to connect with CastSource and talk about how to do podcasting. Maybe he and his company can educate me and put a program together to where I can then do this on my own or work with CastSource, manage, enhance. Then how do you go about communicating it? Is it just on your social channels? Well, no. Via Europe, you're going to have your own page that's going to be e-commerce driven so we can populate it with all your assets that you wish to sell or monetize. Is it an appearance? Is it social feed? Is it a personalized video? Is it actually an autograph session? Is it something else? Public speaking. It could be lots of different things, but all of that is going to be available on your store. And then companies, businesses can come and set up profiles for free and search the system. They have to register. The reason they have to register, Kaz, is transparency. We have to have some guardrails to offer rules of engagement so we know who is communicating with who and who's conducting business with who. That's very important for compliance reasons. And as some athletes are younger, we have to want to make sure there's things in place. So there's as soon as you dive into that pool, the legal liabilities can get deep. So we want to put safeguards in to avoid trafficking or any type of negative behavior, things like that. Okay. And then ways to monetize it. So once you find an athlete, you like what they do, you learn about them, you can communicate with them via their page, then you can strike a deal. And where are they going to get deals? They'll get agreements that are structured, filled out with forms through UREPS. Payments are contracted and flow through the payment system. And the reason they are is offers protections to the company, offers protection to the user, the student athlete, the talent, and it flows nicely. Yeah. Do you see it everything from apparel, hats, t-shirts, all the way to appearances, perhaps on a podcast? Hey, I want to interview five athletes in this sport and this type of mindset, and they have this story to tell, and I could go find them, pay them. Okay, someone will listen to it because especially in that local area, they go to Robert Morris University and they play this sport well, I have an audience there, right? There's alumni there. They'd right. be very fascinated right. by that. And from a business standpoint, that would be a unique way for me to contact them and have that conversation. Or otherwise, maybe I could do it, but then like currently without the NIL, right? Maybe they can't. And so every, there's like this gray area. And the last thing you want to do is get someone in trouble or themselves, they get in trouble. right? And then, so that seems like that's a yes. Yeah, so that's what that would happen. Are the programs, do you think, involved as well to say, we want our student athletes to be working with UREPS and we'll start, we'll take it more from a top-down approach where we're going to sign this arrangement with the UREPS and then all the athletes would have the opportunity or is it more on the individual level or perhaps it's both? It is both. The user groups would be talent, right? And talent includes influencers and the list is long, gamers, creators, makers, makeup artists, musicians, right? And then it's sports and club organizations. And you're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Why would they want to do that? Well, small sports and club organizations are indeed small business. And how does small business level up their marketing, e-com, and agreements and have it? Why wouldn't they want to plug into a system that's ready to go, like you reps? Mm -hmm. So they're an audience. And of course, student athletes, which is what we're really talking about. Those are the three. And they can come that way. 
That's under talent. Colleges and universities are another target audience. And they may want it for two different reasons, but they're one and the same. And the one and the same is compliance. If they wish to have all their athletes sign on as Europe's users, well, the full platform is available to users for free. You can get on and use all the tools and assets for free. Everything is based off of transactions and partnerships and that type of thing. It's not cash out of pocket at all for student athletes. So there's no problem there. The colleges and universities could ask that all their athletes join. There's no cost to their athletes. And then all the data is automatically available to them. And then they can pull said data. They can manage said data. They can monitor. They can flag. They can identify opportunities. On the flip side of that, compliance is the major key. But say your program is on your reps. And so are some of the competing programs in the area. Well, your program, athletes happen to make 16% more on average than the other athletes at other programs. That is one hell of a nugget for a recruit to chew on. It's great recruiting data. And you'll be able to compare that not just in your geographic area, you'll be able to compare it nationwide. You'll know who's doing what, who's getting wet, who's driving things. And you can now price moderate that way, figure out what things cost. I have two questions that are kind of different, but I'll start here. So if I'm an athlete and let's say I started my own podcast and I talk about my stories. Well, I was talking about before about interviewing, but this might be the situation where the brand would then know about the podcast and now I can pay you as a podcast host, as a creator of this to advertise my business on your podcast, which obviously is a growing thing. So they can do it. They could have their own game recaps, right? They talk about whatever they really want at this point and their work regimen or however that works. So that would be something cool that I think athletes could do. It's just very simple for them because I know of athletes and there's this one, his guy works with us. His son is on the football team. It's a division three program and they start a sports podcast and they have a lot of fun doing it. They have a good following and you could see where in that small town that you could have a local business reach out to them and say, we want to put our pizza shop on your podcast. It might not cost that much for them, right? What a great opportunity is for the business on that side of things to do that. Right, right. Or we want you to record the podcast here in our pizza shop for five episodes for the year. And then there you go. Yeah. And there's multiple ways of doing it. You're absolutely right. I've already actually connected with some student athletes that have podcasts and they're interested in, well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? How would I construct deals? How would I go about figuring out the market value of my podcast? So we had some conversations about that. But UREPS, the platform, once at scale, will be able to tell you who's doing what, where, and when. So you, Kaz, could go and say, hey, I play tennis. I do this. I want to see all the top male, female tennis players across the nation and similar size markets. What are they getting? What are they making? And you'll get ranges based on where they are, sport, however you want to sort it. So they have access to a back-end data pool dashboard, which is fantastic. Now, you're absolutely right, though. Are there merchandise opportunities? You brought up merchandising earlier. That is going to be decided by the legislation. I pray for the student-athlete and the talent users, I pray that they are allowed to have merchandise. It doesn't have to be fully licensed merchandise. It can be just their own. Because if it's their own, they'll get a higher cut instead of having a three-way split because you always pay the league and you always pay the school. And in this way, you would pay the NCAA, you may pay your conference, and you may also pay the school. So it could be a four-way split. But I think that would be a fantastic opportunity. I mean, what if you showed up to play basketball at Cameron Indoor down the road at Duke here, and the Cameron Crazies, of course, it's post-COVID and everyone's been inoculated, everything's safe. Well, would you care if the Cameron Crazies printed 500 t-shirts that said, we hate you with your face on it, as long as you're getting a cut of that? No, you wouldn't. In fact, you would love that. I want that opportunity. That's an opportunity I would have died for 20 years ago playing soccer. I mean, if someone's going to yell, you suck at you, and you might as well get paid for them wearing a t-shirt that right. says you right. suck. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes back to like the Detroit Pistons. They always talked about one of the bad boys, and I was no fan of the Detroit Pistons, but they created this culture and they had this name and then they could create all sorts of stuff around it. And they yeah. still do today, right? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it. Chris Weber, I remember the story where they had lost in the championship game and he's making the decision whether or not he should go pro and stay in college. And he's walking down the street and he sees in the front store his jersey for sale. And he, that was his moment when he made the decision to say, and now 
stories came out later that there was money exchanging hands and all that kind of stuff. But let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story either that he right. saw that and <laughs> <laughs> he saw that as like, this is a business. And he recognized that very early on as a lot of athletes do and be like, I got to go and I have to monetize right now. If you have the ability to do it, you just like an NBA player. Like if you don't have to go to college, you can go right to the NBA and those rules that allow that to happen, whether you make it or don't make it, that's something to be cited later. But if you want that opportunity, you should have that opportunity somewhere, somehow. And it's clearly happening whether they're playing in the NBA, which will be coming up soon, but going overseas and playing, you know, last year, I think like top 10 players, I mean, either they're by injury or by choice and playing in Australia or something else. They weren't even playing in college because they didn't have the ability to make any money. So clearly this is uh, an agenda for many people right now to make happen. There's a saying, of course, and I'm sure you've heard it before. It's, it's make hay while the sun shines. Well, for an athlete or a collegiate athlete, student athlete, your sunshine is very short, very short time period. You have four years out of five years of eligibility and maybe yours is extended or maybe yours is those four years. Either way, if you have the opportunity and you want to, and you have the desire to do so, this is for you. If you have a following, an audience, a membership, if you have the opportunity and you want to market, monetize, UREPS is built for you because it's what I couldn't do. So I think of it exactly that way. So the user interface, everything is going to be simple, intuitive. And what's most important, it's going to do what it says it's going to do. So there's no misgivings. There's no hard feelings. There's no, well, I didn't understand. No, it's transparent. It's built for them. Yeah. It also cuts out a lot of ways, the gatekeepers, the people that are creating a lot of the problems that we can get right to business. We can get right to the source of it, whether it's in a telling a story because you needed the local news media or you needed someone to host an event that I can now go to. You can host your own event, right? You can cut out. So the media, for example, is losing their share of the story. Right? right. Like I can go get highlights on pick a social media channel. I can go get my highlight. I don't need you to tell me what you think of the game. Maybe in some ways that helps, but I can cut out those sources because I can be telling the story from firsthand experience of what took place as opposed to someone who really maybe not even understands it, who's trying to sell a piece with a headline to get me to click on it so they can sell advertising on the back end of it when I could just go right to the person's platform. And yes, they have an ability now to monetize that platform. They give these incredible post-game recaps from the locker room, right outside the locker room. And sure enough, they're wearing the t-shirt with the brand on it if they have the ability to do that. Or they talk about, hey, if you want to hear more about my post-game recaps, whatever it is they want to talk about, check out my podcast. I'll be dropping that on Wednesday. And you can check that out. They can sell their own advertising on it. But like you said, there's so much happening because you hear about student athletes, like very limited time. You hear about a lot of student athletes that get started with it and they quit because it's too much or it's like kind of taking away their college experience. Well, now if we can turn it into something more and that's where UREPS comes in. That's what drew me to it to say like all these opportunities that will now exist and it's cutting out the blood sucking media that's just in it for <laughs> you know all the pieces that they can get their hands on it. Right, right. There's lots of different sides to it. And with this opportunity, I recently wrote a small article about this as well, is if you post much, then you are a media company. And I would love your input because of the cast source companies and what you do and you create content and you help others create content. But if you are creating content, then in essence, you need to think of yourself as a media company. And these athletes need to think of themselves as a brand personality or media company. They have to think that way when they have the opportunities to create content, when to present opportunities and how to make the most of those opportunities. So you hit on another point though, time. I've interviewed several student athletes and I've talked to a lot of them and I talked to them before it was announced to you reps and they were all very interested in the idea. And one in particular was like, he already has a podcast, plays football at a well-known university. He's already doing things. His concern was time. How am I going to fit this in? I said, well, you already post the social media. He's like, oh, yeah. I said, do you do a podcast? Yeah. I said, okay. So think of yourself as a media company and think of yourself as documenting for posts instead of posting a post. And, oh, by the way, you reps can do a lot of these things. You can automate them. You can make it easier. You can guide it. He's like, well, I'm really concerned about time. I said, okay. 
Well, for those users, we have a VIP level of service where services rep will handle these duties for you on the system. You can still sign into your dashboard. You still have the interface. You still have to approve, but they handle the nuts and bolts in the day-to-day for you. But it was very important to me. It's not going to cost athletes any cash out of pocket Mm -hmm. because they don't have cash in pocket, right? right? A lot of them don't. This is for them. And it's for them. It's got to be built in a way that's easy. So if it's easy to do business, then we're already a leg up. So the platform itself is free. But if you want the VIP services and you need someone to operate on your behalf, then the platform will enable you to do that for no cash out of pocket, but just percentage points back on transactions that are happening. So if you need special agreements, we can execute those for you with our legal team. Just goes on and on. But what's most important is it's going to do what it says it does for them. And it's free, no cash out of pocket, and away we go. And I want to remove inhibitors. We talked about those earlier hurdles. You know, how do I do that? Or I don't want to do that. I'm scared. Guided, supported, data-backed. You can get assistance and you can still make the most of your window. And your window may be long. It may be elongated. Maybe you're one of the greatest players ever to play at your university and they want you to come back and come back and come back. Maybe you are. Maybe your window's two and a half years. The average NFL career is what, three? 3.2 years or something like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk too, just in regards to transitions, right? Because if your window is short, take advantage of that window. But it's also the opportunity to, like we talked about before, we touched on this in the future. Well, now you have a body of work that you can showcase. It's not just your GPA. It's not just where your diploma's from. Right, right. You have this, well, you talked about all this stuff while you're in school playing. Like that's the person that is going to get hired. It's not just a resume anymore. Like you can look at a resume and like, okay, great. I saw that, but like, I need more than that because I can go do a search now. So I can go read stories about you or I can see what you've posted on social media. There's more to it. And then that's also the examples that other people will have in UREPS to where once there are enough athletes, because everyone's getting started, no one has a clue on all sides of this, not a clue, right. but right, they don't know. Right, right. Well, there's going to be some that are going to figure it out early and there are going to be examples for many others, just like you're going to have some leaders in the clubhouse at UREPS to show, here's what's worked for me. And people will take that and do a lot with it. And so I think once this thing gets going, exponentially, it's going to grow because all you just need is one example of, of how this thing can play itself out. I mean, you've used the word gaming and esports, and that's becoming a college sport. It already is a college sport, but you're seeing that when when the first gamer comes out and he's in these sports and he's doing these things, he's winning tournaments or he's showcasing, he creates a YouTube channel. All of a sudden it's, well, that's an opportunity for, oh, I, I want to do that. I can learn about that. I'm going to go watch some YouTube videos and learn for myself and do it. So these examples become more. And, and you touched on it before about becoming a media company. Clearly, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I said it before. I think every entrepreneur should have their own content platform. Absolutely. And I'm like here, I was in the insurance business and I was like, well, this is kind of getting boring for me and I'm telling the same story. How can I tell new stories? How can I become a media company to say, oh, by the way, you do this? Well, it launched into other things and created content and in doing all that. So absolutely, because I mean, you said it multiple times. I wrote an article about this. I wrote an article about that. Oh, I have an article over there about this one. And it's because, well, now I can go read about it. So we can have this conversation and maybe we only have an hour to talk. We can hop off this call and I can go dive into more. And whether it was a, through a conversation or I maybe read one article and I agreed with it and I want to dig in more, that's where it becomes like this consistent messaging. A lot of times it's just you thinking through these ideas and showcasing them. And there's these connection points. That's how we connected. Well, we had connected on Glenn Booth's thing that he's bringing content together and bringing these people that are trying to create new ideas. And it's during the pandemic and people are losing their jobs. And it's like, well, how can we all help each other out? So it's an amazing platform to have Zoom-like calls. I think we use Microsoft Teams for that. But that was this opportunity. And you had seen Sportsypreneur, SE, what is that? Like, what does this mean? Well, I'm doing this thing for sports and entrepreneurship, name, image, likeness. I want to talk to Eric about that. So what's fascinating is like, well, we have this content platform and that was the thing that drew you to having this conversation. We had talked before. So again, it's never just one thing. It might be multiple things. But that's the reason why an athlete would then have their own platform because that would be the reason that the car company or this brand or whoever would reach out to them. Maybe it's just because they're a good athlete. Okay, well, that's one reason too. And all these different reasons add up. So 
all I'm saying is it's worked for me. I've seen it work for other people and I want to help other entrepreneurs do it because on top of it, it's like, it's a lot of fun. You enjoy doing it and you can make a business out of it and you're telling your stories and it helps you think and become a better business owner, a better business person, a better leader, a better family, whatever those things are. That's why you do it all. And all that other stuff, well, at least we tried. At least we put the effort in. Perhaps it does take care of itself. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you make no money in your opportunity with you reps. Maybe you do. Maybe this is me. I don't want to play. I just want to do this now. Okay, great. But let's just dive into it. And I think it's that whole discovery phase that so many people are in with the NIL to figure this thing out. But yeah, I mean, obviously I get really hyped up about it because I've just seen it work and I know it can work on others. And I get excited when you reach out and say, I want to talk to you about this idea. I'm like, yeah, I want to hear about it. Well, thank you. Thank you. One of the other things, and you've said it multiple times, you create a content platform, whatever it is, wherever it is, but create it, start creating so you can point back to it. And it won't be your resume. It could even be a business. It could be something more than, well, we've got marketplace partners and their categories are available to help the talent, the student athletes, the dancers, the cheerleaders. And I tell you, if you want to know who's killing it as an influencer is dancers and cheerleaders. They're by far away leaders in the category. Amazing what they do. These partners will help you level up your game right now, but they're really helping you level up your game in the future. We're talking about financial services and investing, insurance. How do you protect yourself? How do you protect your business? Design services. It could be domains and websites. Whatever it is that you need, not just traditional banking and cars and those two, but how do we help you put a foundation in today that whatever amount money you make, whatever you're able to create for yourself, it helps you for the next few years or maybe the duration. Maybe you become a lifetime customer of XX Financial Services. Maybe it puts you in the right frame of mind to always be saving right? And putting money into work for you ahead so you can do different things in life. It's really important. The discipline that you're forced into as a student athlete prepares you for the things as you go for any athlete. But when you get to college, the schedule and the rigors, the training, the travel, everything forces discipline. And when you force discipline, you look for opportunities. And for yourself and your financial future or your business future, it's no different. If we can give them a platform where they can improve and make money and earn and monetize, then we should also give them a platform where they can learn about savings and investment strategies and how to protect what they have from, like I said, insurance or other things. And really, I want to send them. I want them to go. You got here. We're going to take you there. That's what I want. And you can go. We'll help you. Yeah, you can see it. And you talk about athletes have built these habits because they've been through it. They had this commitment that's very hard to get. But when you're part of a team and you have to be responsible for the people that are around you, your teammates, that's it. Where you could tell those stories, right? And, and sports is often... I just had this conversation with someone. It's often a finite game. There's a winner, the loser, there's a champion, there's everyone else. And only right, one person right. gets to win. But I feel like if you can take and learn from the finite and apply it to the infinite and kind of go on with it, like you said, I want to send you off into like, I don't know, go discover what you want to discover from here. There's something in that that's that representation. I mean, you said dancers. And I'm like thinking to myself, my daughter does dancing and musical theater and all these things. And what's fascinating is, so you have Dance Moms, which is this TV show, right? So that's a reality show. Then you have these contortionists and then you have these stretching. She's super into stretching. Well, next thing you know, we're buying these stretch bars and all these other things. Where is it coming from? It's coming from them on Instagram, posting about it. And then you can go and buy it. Just buying it right from Instagram. And this might be a 18-year-old or a 13-year-old and they're showcasing this stuff. And I'm like, who is this to my daughter? And she's showing me and I'm like, and it's real. It's not like spam at all. Like this is like authentic stuff. And a lot of people are using it. And the amount of followers that they can create off of this, I mean, they might be in high school at this point, right? So it's fascinating, like you said, because there's clearly a niche for it. I mean, you've already seen it. So once they have the opportunity, once they're in college to do this and to have some background. So there's already people doing it in many ways. It's just now able to apply it in the student athlete world. What's interesting about the cheerleader or dancer or influencer that already has is for student athletes have to realize that those are two separate entities. Your backup place kicker on the men's football team might, for whatever reason, maybe he's funny, maybe he's a talented musician, maybe whatever. He may have the best social media following out of anybody in the region. And that's just the way it works. Dancers, cheerleaders have fantastic opportunities because they are not 
regulated by the NCAA. They are already game on. They can already do these things. And if they plug into a system that's built for e-com, that has all kinds of capabilities there, why wouldn't you? And that's what we really talk about is if I had the opportunity, why wouldn't I do this? Because it costs me nothing but time investment. And I'm already investing time in other things. I might as well shift a little bit of that time to this because now I can make money. Well, now I can operate a legally binding contract and I, I feel good about that and I'm protected. I have indemnification. Now I have a way to process payments and taxes are taken care of. They're allocated, paid for, or tracked. So I'm not hurting myself. I worked really hard and did a great job at monetizing, but I never paid taxes. Oh, well, guess what? That's a problem. So it's all about helping them level up, helping them think bigger and broader. And also, I hate to say it, it's a little bit of look out for number one and don't step in number two. And yeah. That's what we don't want. Well, I think it's awesome, man. Yeah. Like Thank I said, you. when we Thank first you. started here and I wish you nothing but success with it. I'm excited to be along for it. I hope you'll come back on. And this is an ongoing thing, obviously, as far as like a journey and learning. And what are we going from here? Because in the next, like you said, this summer, things are going to change. Fall sports are going to start. I mean, we're getting kind of in spring right now, but it's a pandemic. But come this summer, come next year, this is going to be here in some form or fashion. So you can continue to update us in, in different ways, whether you write an article. I'm sure you'll have many articles in between then too. Talk on the podcast and hear more about what is going on because just you being a resource, whether it's for you reps or not, it's just for athletes. And I think at the end of the day, from what I've picked up is you want to help the student athlete. And if that's through you reps, obviously that's a win all across the board, but you're just trying to help people understand what this is going to look like. And you're obviously a resource for it. You spend a lot of time with it. You're probably up in the middle of the night reading about this stuff and, and thinking through it. And so that's what we need. And I appreciate you leaning into this idea. And I'm excited to continue to learn more about it. Where can people learn more about UREPS and yourself? Absolutely. UREPS.com. And it is U, which is for yourself, universal. And then REPS, R-E-P-Z, because that was available when I was looking for an abbreviated URL. It's beautiful, five letters. But, yeah. but UREPS.com, some Q&A, and just a little bit more about the platform. You can pre-register there. The platform will go live later this summer in advance of the NIL, but you can pre-register and get your name in line. You can find me at Harrell at LinkedIn or any social channel under Harrell. And UREPS is also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's fantastic. I just love sharing about it. And I love the excitement that you have for it because that means we're on the right trail, right? We're on the right path. So thank you. It's important to find, even if it's one person, and I know there's more than that for you, but and that's for any creator. That's for the student athlete that's coming around too that says, I don't know who's paying attention. It might be it's one teammate of yours. And all you need is that one. And it doesn't have to be a lot. And it's not about the masses. It really isn't. I mean, sometimes like, well, how many people listen to the podcast? It's not that. For some people, maybe that is the business they have to create. I get it. But if you just start sharing and start doing the things that make you happy and that help you out and make you better, perhaps, maybe it's not always happiness. Do that. Lean into that. That's what you're doing. And it's awesome, man. So thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a pleasure. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sportsypreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Mm-hmm.